Good evening, everybody. Ah, oh, no, I see, no, 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 no. It's a little later than that. I know it's a little later than that, but I tell you what, we're going to get the energy going in here, get it off right. Good evening, everybody. Yeah. There we go. Okay, now I can hear you. All right, so check this out. Tonight, right, we have Lawrence the Panther kicking us off. That's right. So what he's going to do is actually a little something different than we expected, right? Um, what he's going to do is going to bring out somebody who, you know, some of y'all may not have had the opportunity to meet yet, but uh, it's definitely going to be worth it. I see y'all in here with your BWSO on. That's definitely what time it is. Um, let's see. I'll tell you what. On the count of three, what we're going to do is we're going to say BWSO. Ready? One, two, three. BWSO. One more time. One, two, three. All right, all right. That's what I'm talking about. Let's bring him on now, Mr. Lawrence. here um it's definitely been something amazing that we've been building and brewing uh me and mark um, me and mark have been working on this countlessly uh connected in june uh this youtube show was a great idea we felt like no better place than to have it here in the a first episode live in-person crowd so i want to give a special shout out to all people who drove some people drove 10 hours some people drove 12 hours 14 hours just to be here for one night so that's you know, dedication within itself. So I definitely want to thank each and every one of you for coming in and, and, and really showing out and doing that. This is beautiful and amazing. Um, excuse me one second here. Hello? All right, all right, all right. So it looks like, uh, looks like Mark, unfortunately, is not able to make it tonight. How unfortunate is that? Right? How unfortunate is that? So no, 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 we we brought no, no, none other though. Um, I see a gentleman here who's right here in the front audience. He actually traveled from Houston. I think he would be a great substitute for this show. What do you think, Coach? Everybody, give it up for Coach, man. Everybody, give it up for Coach. Man, Coach, I man, I appreciate you, man. Hey, look, I'll do my best as a Mark substitute. Do not kill me. I'm not. I'm not Mark. Uh, Mark is a lot different than I am, but I'll do my best to be Mark substitute. Unfortunately, couldn't be there this evening. So, Bank Ready, man, tell us what Bank Ready is about, man. It's funny, before I even came here, I was supposed to be here earlier today. Uh, Bank Ready is my brand. It's been in existence for 17 years now, and we just locked up. Better, better. Oh, wow. Hey. Uh, Bank Ready is my brand. We've been in existence for almost 17 years now. I was in a meeting before I got here today, secured a client here in Atlanta, woman-owned small business. She's getting a $40 million contract right here in, in Atlanta, which would probably turn her into almost a $100 million business before next year. And that's what we do. We get businesses bankable for the marketplace. 
bank ready. So I had bankers come in, they got approved on the spot. Been working with her for about six months now. So it's something I've done for some time now. You hear about government contracts all over the place. I'm about to dispel all the myths that we hear about contracting and show our people how we really do it. So making these trips to Atlanta, I live in Houston from Louisiana originally, but coming out to Atlanta to this for a client is what we do. So yes, sir. So what we, how, how how can people tap into you in the brand? Set up consultations, just different things. Uh, what's the what's the best way to do, go about that? IG. IG is sweet. Uh, Coach John Austin, J E A N is how you spell John, but Coach John Austin is my IG page. TheCoachAustin.com is my website. We're going to be the small business CNN. We've got a news ticker. We've got news that we actually feed into our website itself. So you don't have to go outside of that to look for news. But my website is the best. Book the consultation. Appreciate that, man. That looks like he's made it. <laughs> Oh man, the guy, man, you had us worried there for a second, brother. You know, I had to make it, man. You know, I had to to represent for the people. Yeah. You know, thank you so much for allowing me to be on the stage with you on your first, like, y'all, this is his premiere show on the Come Up series. Like, honestly, like, you know, we're, we're getting a glimpse of what the future looks like, not only for financial literacy, but also in the sense of building generational wealth. We are here now. Yeah. Each and every single one of you. They'll probably separate. <laughs> too much, too much heat. Too, too much, too much heat. <laughs> no, but each and every single one of you are a part of this journey. So, you know, tonight, you know, I hope that we can bring forth significant value to each and every single one of you. And on top of that, answer some of the questions. Uh, this is not going to be like a trade talk Tuesday or the Av. You know, this is his show. He is the producer of this show. So I am nothing but a guest. We salute to you, my guy. And so let's get it popping. Definitely. Um, so first off, man, you showed up here, took a five-hour flight, you know, making it down here. We got we to gotta, we gotta give it up for that. But second of all... You gotta give it up for that. But Sigma, man, what what are you wearing, right? <laughs> what is this? Whoa, what are we doing? No, 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 no. The Spider-Man game. <laughs> so greatness on a different level. Let's talk about that. What does that mean? What is God mode to you? What is greatness on a different level? Mean? Uh, it's just, you know, I'm a huge LeBron James fan, as many of you guys know. You know, honestly, you know, every single day, when I get up in the morning, you know, I wake up as if like, you know, hey, how did I like, how did I wake up here today? Yeah. And every day that I wake up, you know, tomorrow's not promised. So I'm going to definitely put in 100% of whatever it is that I do to be the best at whatever it is that I am. So whether it's an entrepreneur, whether it's an investor, whether it's a trader, or even sometimes just in the sense of being a friend or a father, well, hopefully one day a father but also a husband, you know, that's what it means to be God mode, like literally greatness on a different level, because it's so easy to like literally fall for the mediocre stuff, mm -hmm. you know, to like literally be average, you know, it's so easy. Like average looks like when you wake up every day 
And you're like, okay, I'm going to do this, but you don't challenge yourself. But when you wake up every single day to challenge yourself to be something better than what you were 24 hours ago, that's God mode. No, I I dig it. A question I have that a lot of people, you know, have asked me is what's going on with the markets this year, right? You know, the title of my show is Monday Night Take. So this is an opportunity where each and every Monday night, uh, usually we're going to be starting at 8 Eastern, 5 p.m. West Coast time. But what, like, what's your take on what's happened this year? You know, you've seen people, you know, portfolios have been smashed. Yeah. I feel like this year has been a, a pretty much back to earth type moment. Yep. But it's all about your perspective, yep. right? I look at this year as the biggest opportunity that we've had in a while, right? Yes. There's a lot of complaining, a lot of, man, this stock did this, the market did this. Yes. But I look at, when I look at the market today, even today in a red day, I look at nothing but opportunity that presents itself. Yeah, I mean, simple fact. I think back in 2020 and then 2021, you know, you guys remember Clubhouse days. (laughs) Uh, Do any of you guys remember as we came towards the end of like 2020 and then we were also discussing at the end of 2021, pretty soon the parents are going to come home? Yeah. Well, look, y'all, they done showed up. And they saw that the house was like completely a mess. They were like, look, the children do not run this place. They do not pay any bills here. And literally, that's what we're seeing right now. Like the market literally rebalanced. A lot of the things in which that we saw that were high flying, a lot of the liquidity that was in the market. You know, essentially, when you had the Fed that literally did a significant amount of quantitative easing, easy money policy. So when we see those things, equities become significantly attractive. Well, now in this typical market, then now it's like they're not as attractive. But I mean, as, as the as the pendulum swings, like yeah. you said, opportunity, you know, it's just a matter of how is it that you put your perspective? How is it that you look at it? Um, I mean, honestly, I don't know a single person out there on Wall Street yeah. that's not feeling the same thing that retail investors are feeling. So that's institutional mm-hmm. money from mm-hmm. a hedge fund, from a portfolio manager, from a money manager. Even all the way up to, say, for example, looking at it on the investment banking side, it's very, it's, it's very, very small as it pertains to the amount of folks that are out there beating the S&P 500. Many people are significantly underperforming the S&P 500 right now. So what do you think, like, for, because a lot of times retail traders, right, people like this notion gets put out, you know, that, you know, retail, 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 yeah. and you know, a lot of times people are like kind of like shook and I try to like always calm people and relax people like, yeah, it's about the time horizon. Right. Yeah. So when you when you take a look, not every year is going to be one of those years where the Nasdaq goes up 40 percent. Oh, right? yeah. And yeah. so we had like two pretty much straight years where the Nasdaq went up 40 percent. Well, and technically, we had three years. Yeah, right? well, three years we had 2019, yeah. 2020 and then 2021. And then the last negative year was 2018. Correct. Right. And you take a look, now it's 2022, four years later, even with the declines that have came in the market this year, if you still look at five-year charts on a lot of things, there's still a significant amount of gains on certain names and certain stocks. Yeah. So from the time horizon standpoint, what's, the, what's one of the best advice that you can give people helping them in, in time horizon? Because so many people are worried about the market closed negative today, Yeah. which none of that actually matters. It doesn't. The market closed down 500 points today. So what? Yeah, we're talking we're playing a game of five, 10 years. Yeah. I mean, you nailed it on the head. It's like it's pretty much in the sense of where is the what's what's the journey that we're going on? Yeah. You know, I'll give it I'll, I'll you guys know how I do. So we literally do like sometimes parables. 
so that I will not speak in riddles tonight, I promise. The riddle man himself. No, no riddles tonight. <laughs> so think about it like this. Let's look at a company that everybody knows, right? Let's look at Apple. Apple is the most easiest company to like assess. Okay, so at one point in time, you know, Apple like kind of just sat there stagnant. Mm -hmm. And even at one point, it also traded negative. Yeah. But at the same token, you have to ask yourself at what part in the innings are we on? If you're a person that's looking at it on a one year or one month, six month horizon, then the story is going to look a lot different. But the average person that literally has a portfolio that literally is looking at things like if you like the interesting thing that I always hear is like when people put together a solid thesis, but they don't give their thesis any time to cook. Yeah. You don't give it time. to. It's like. You try to preheat the oven. Yeah, it's just, like you put the food in. As no, soon as you even start. worse, even yeah. worse. You want gumbo, but you want gumbo to be cooked in the microwave. Oh, yeah. Anybody from Louisiana? How many folks believe that that is flagrant? Like, show of hands, how many of the people believe that that is straight up flagrant? Oh, wow. So we got some microwave cookers up there. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Nah, so you have to look at it in the sense of what your time horizon is. You know, a lot of times I hear when people send me messages and everything else, your thesis is solid. You're looking at it over a time span of, let's say, three to five years. But you expect three to five years worth of thesis to go into six months? Yeah, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But it's the, it's the part that, you know, where if you enter the market in 2020, you're someone who's brand new, yeah. right? And as soon as you enter the market in three months, you're seeing three, 300%, 600%, some even 1,000%. So it brings the perception and the false narrative that that's what the market is always going to do. Yeah. And when it doesn't do it, you start to say, well, you start to question yourself. You start to question yourself. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of people are at now, questioning themselves. And I think that the answer is, is like, yo, this is a time horizon game. Right. A lot of people. I and mean, one thing I always point at and you talked about it, it's like the stuff that we invest in. Right. It takes time for it to grow. But also during the time that you should be invested, usually you're a consumer. Right? And we talked about something earlier today, me yeah. and you, we sat back and we talked about, we kind of went back and forth about what iteration <laughs> was each company at. Right? Wait, should we, should we tell them? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Seriously, yeah. Like, you're giving away secrets like that? I mean, I mean, I mean, you know, these are like, this is like the. Yo, y'all want to hear the yeah. secret? Like, yeah. what? It's really not a secret. Like, yeah, it's not. This is like me and Mark's private, you know, phone calls and like last like an hour and a half. It's like, you know, we go back and forth. You know, when I talk to Mark, it's like I feel like I'm talking to my future self. Oh, Lord. Time. <laughs> right, a lot of time. I feel like I'm talking to my future self. You know, it's like Spider-Man meme. Like, hey. Wait, but which one would I be? Would I be Toby, Toby Maguire, Garfield? Uh, you, you would probably be Garfield. Uh, don't don't put me as Tom Holland. You know, I got something against him. I, I don't really like him. We all know Toby Toby McGuire. I'll probably make you Toby McGuire. I'll take the Garfield, Tom Holland. We'll know. take that debate another day. Yeah, maybe a different debate. <laughs> well, okay, so let's talk about the iteration cycle, shall we? Yeah. Because it really makes a lot of sense when you think about it. And I hope that you guys have your pen and paper ready because y'all know me well enough to know that once when I get going, I start geeking out. So, um, so let's look at it. And can I stand a little bit? Yeah, yeah, this is yeah, a little. Man. Take the jacket. Yeah, many, yeah, well, you know, hold up. <laughs> we ain't there yet. All right, so let's look at it from a simple standpoint, shall we? Like, you know, the reason why I'm standing is this also proves to you guys that I'm not that short guy that sits behind. Yeah, he's not you know. short. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, he's actually relax. like an inch taller than me. Just, just like I said, yeah. mute yourself. He's, he's going to eclipse me. All right, so let's think about it on the iteration cycle, shall we? So let's take, somebody give me a company. Just Tesla? 
Okay, so we got Tesla, Google. Pick one, pick one, pick one, pick. Okay, Come on. Roblox is, all right, so I'll take both. I'll take both. So we got Tesla and we got Google on one side or Alphabet. All right, so where do you think in the iteration cycle? So when we think about iterations, right? I'll keep it simple. We'll go back to that example of Apple. So Apple has like probably recreated this phone, which is version 14, how many times? Look at y'all, keep me knowing. All right, so, all right, so this has been iterated 14 times, but is there really a significant change from 13 to 14 now? But look at the iteration as it pertains to innovation. Look at how we got here from iPhone one, which everybody was like, eh, will this work? <laughs> you know, we got Android out here, you know, Android's out here is cheaper, it's not as expensive and everything else. There was a lot of fear, uncertainty and doubt. But that was iteration one. Now think about the verbal clues that I just gave you there. Iteration one, a lot of fear, uncertainty, doubt. Why? Because it hasn't been proven yet. Yep. Like it hasn't been proven. You release a product. I mean, Apple has been known to release products in the past, right? But did it work? It took time for the market to accept that, okay, hey, yeah, you, okay, you, you, you are that standard now. You are, that, you are him. So what happens when a company becomes standard and king? Because we've seen certain companies in the past become king, but also fall from grace. Right? Well, that's the point. You know, when you start getting cocky and when you start realizing that there's no other game in town that can literally unseat you. I mean, we've seen this many times in Game of Thrones. Where... So when we start thinking about like meta platforms, it's probably a company that's on the people's minds as well. Question that was sent to me directly was what state do we feel like or iteration do we feel like Meta Platforms is in right now? So let me break it down. And I promise you I'll get to Alphabet and Tesla. I, I, I promise, I, I promise. No riddles and I promise I'll get to those. Okay, all right, so let's look at it. Facebook, so let's go from iteration from one to 10. 10 meaning, yo, all right, well, Mark has been accepted. You, you're here, like, all right, we're, we're tired. One, I don't know you. You still have yet to prove yourself. All right, so let's break down the, the business model of Facebook, shall we? Or just the products of Facebook. Yep. Facebook.com. If we were to look at Facebook.com in the iteration cycle from one to 10, what would you say? Exactly, a 10. Because it's been around for so long. They perfected the product. Everybody uses it. If, if Facebook.com goes away, where do all those millions of businesses go? So they've already defined the market. You don't talk about Friendster, MySpace, and all this other stuff. You don't. All right, now let's talk about WhatsApp. Like, cause you know, that could get a little bit tricky now. Where are we at in the, in the cycle of iteration for WhatsApp? So uh, you see how I'm getting mixed numbers now? You see how I'm getting mixed numbers? I heard, I heard five from this I heard five, I heard two, I hear eight. So it depends upon where the, like think about the business model in which that it provides. So again, it's like, it's, it's very international where a lot of folks in international markets can do business, they can communicate with one another, but is there still another leg that WhatsApp can go? There's a few legs, right? So that probably places us at whoever said five would probably be, oh, my guy, okay. Bankroll. So, so we're probably at a five. All right, now let's talk about Instagram, the juggernaut that really supplanted Facebook when they, made, when they bought it for $768 million. Not that they should have paid a billion. But all right, so where would we say the iteration cycle is for Instagram? Really? I mean, cause you know, just one little kick at the ads. <laughs> I mean, you got reels. I mean, there's a lot of things that you can mock. I would know, say about a seven. I ain't gonna give them another business model because they may be watching this YouTube. So, <laughs> so, but that just lets you know that there's still more room. So that probably puts them at about an eight, right? Okay, now I'm about to like throw you guys a curveball. The metaverse. 
One. One. Okay. So, but you say, you, so I'm hearing a mixed signal. I'm, I'm hearing some folks that are saying zero, one, two, right? But think about how much money this company is pumping into this platform. Now, of course, for all we know, it could fail. It could fail. But then there's this other part that says, but what if it doesn't fail? Think about Nike. Think about all these retailers that are now investing into what is called the metaverse. They didn't come up with their own. They didn't come up with their own name for it. They're using the same title of metaverse. Wait, didn't Facebook create the word metaverse? Mm, yeah, I think uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's kind of like written in their and name. And you start thinking about like even when the internet came out, right? The internet's first iteration was nowhere near what it is right now. Exactly. Like we had this mobile computer, all literally at the at our palm of our hands, and it's like I think people sometimes forget that. It's sometimes better to be early. Most of this to me, it is better to be early yes. than be late. Like, why would you want to buy something at its last iteration? It only has so much higher that it can go. You buy in the beginning, yeah, there's some risk with it, but it's also going to have the higher reward. Exactly. So if you think about all those numbers that we just put in for Meta, right, the company, and if we said that Meta is like, let's say if Meta is a one, right, where it's just at the very, very beginning of its infancy, but yet we have all these other platforms that are within its business model, Okay. If you round, if you average that out, then that probably puts Facebook at a five. So if that puts Meta at a five, and the funny thing is, and I hope that you guys are writing this down as I say this, when you think about iteration cycle, one, too new. That's like early stage companies, like you just gotta have like, look, belief. Like I totally believe that this is literally going to be it at its very, very beginning days. Yeah. You're like an early stage investor. Yeah. Okay, but when you get to number, when you get to iteration four and iteration five, Naturally, when you get to about iteration four and when you let it go to iteration five, you want to know the number one thing that I always tend to notice. Those are the times that investors always reach that moment of regret. Yeah. Like, oh, I wish. I wish. I wish I would have invested when they were this. I wish I would have invested when they were that. Okay. So like I said, I promise, let's knock out Tesla and Google real quick. Yeah. So Tesla, automobiles, right? EVs. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say that they are in the iteration cycle? An eight? I mean, I could have sworn this week they released a semi-truck this week. <laughs> you say five? How many of you guys say five? Oh, okay, we got some fives. Okay, who says seven? Four. Okay, so we got about a roughly, about let's, let's round it up to a six. About four. Okay, so that's just the EV space. Mm -hmm. Tesla made every single automobile maker come outside. We like, outside today. Imagine that. Like beforehand, when you're a one and you tell everybody to come outside, like, you ain't got nothing to say to me. That's, so that's like 2017, 2018, even, even a little bit before that. But people was like, yo, Tesla won't become profitable. Electric vehicles don't make sense. Gas, oil and gas is the only way. But you take a look at that. If you didn't buy it in 2017, you look at Tesla now, hmm. even with its fall from grace, 768% return. Yo, let me ask you guys this. So since then, who did Tesla make come outside? Anybody else? <laughs> I could have sworn they made them all come outside, right? Yeah, everybody got EV. Okay, so EV. the moment that you start making everybody come outside, yeah. yo, that's the moment where it's just like, okay, it's time to like, they, they supplanted themselves. How do we know this? I'll run it back for you when thinking about Tesla. Look at Amazon. Amazon laughed at by every single retailer, yeah. wasn't respected. Nobody even knew what cloud Amazon web services was. They thought that that was just another Jeff buzzword Bezos that Jeff Bezos was like, hey, here's another few billion dollars to just dump your money into. Yep. No dividend. People was pissed about that. That too. You know? But in 2015. Invest, invest, invest. JCPenney, Nordstrom, Macy's, Barnes & Noble. 
I can keep going, but you know, yeah, the, you guys see where see it. Look, I try to be nice, y'all. Like, if you guys want me to, Coles, Toys R Us. <laughs> Yo, when's the last time you went to a Tower Records? Okay, all right. So if you think about it, that was the moment that they said, "You gotta see me now. Come outside." Come outside. We Amazon Prime, baby. And that was the next leg that kicked in. In 2015, Amazon Prime services came out. Now, mind you, they were already making money off of Amazon.com, though it wasn't profitable because they took that money to reinvest it into Amazon Web Services, which now is the juggernaut today of what we know in cloud services for now. But then at the same token, now they use that Prime services to now like reiterate and add more to the pie for later things. Like, did you guys know that Amazon's now in gaming? Has anybody heard about Amazon Luna, where now you can game through the cloud and use your same Amazon Prime account? You'd be on there, huh? Imagine like your kids now being able to play games through streaming and you ain't got to buy them consoles. Okay, all right. All right, so there's that. So, th but that's just the EV part. All right, but what about this thing called autonomy though? Yeah. Where are we at in the iteration cycle of autonomy? Oh, it's crickets. Right, like zero. <laughs> it's crickets. Like zero one. Right? Because, I mean, outside of Waymo testing it in, in Arizona, maybe in California. And then, of course, everybody's a beta tester when you're a Tesla owner. Don't worry. I'm a beta tester, too. It's all good. But then at the same token, yeah. but what happens if it works? Everybody focus on what, what happens when it doesn't work. But when it works, people forget about all the money that you can make. Do you know why that is, though? I feel like a lot of it is psychology and listening to the media. If you cut on CNBC all day hmm. and they telling you to buy SPACs and not worry about Tesla, <laughs> telling you to focus on these growth companies that they know don't have any potential, what happens is a lot of times people become confused. Facts. But also not understanding simple things like from a balance sheet perspective. Facts. What is cash on hand? How much does a co company actually have in cash to burn? Yep. Right. Which is important, which we're reaching right now because- a lot of these companies have right great potential, yep. right? They have all this stuff that looks good on paper. But if you're putting yourself in a load of debt and you don't have enough cash to suffice in this type market, right? Those are going to be the companies that go through a lot of acquisitions. When you start seeing some of the bigger companies that come in and start buying these smaller companies and saying, hey, I need you to help make my business better. That's right. So think about it like this from an early stage investor standpoint. I'll get... Like I told you guys that like, you know, somebody had asked me to bring in my world of startups. Yeah. So I'm going to give it to you from a real uncut perspective that they don't give you from the fluff side mm -hmm. as either an angel investor or a VC. So when you come through as an early stage investor, right, think about what he just talked about. Think about like when we think about valuations, when we think about cash on hand, I'll, I'll let you guys play VC tonight. How about that? I'll let you guys take my seat. I'm a startup that has a great idea and we're, we're we're on our we're on the cusp of something innovative and everything else. We're asking you for a million dollars to raise money into our to to raise this round of capital into our company. Now, our burn rate of that million dollars will burn between six to nine months. How many of you guys are gonna give me the yes? Okay. You gonna just do it just for <laughs> that's cool. All right, now now imagine this. I'm a company that has a strong balance sheet. You know, we literally have strong market validation. We're testing in other arenas. Yeah. And at the same token, this million dollars that we're looking to raise, we're only using it to add on to our cash balance so that way we can add either more to our, towards R&D or to supplant ourselves in the marketplace even stronger. And our burn rate is about 12 to 18 months. As an investor, you're going to be like, all right, you ain't spending money like it's water, right? 
you, some you, you being a little bit more, a lot better. you have a good steward of your finances. Yeah. See, that's the point when we think about like, when we think about cash on hand, cash burn, like that's what we think about. Like if you're a company that's like, say for example, you make a million dollars in revenue, but yet you're burning through, let's say a hundred thousand dollars a month. How long do you plan on being in existence? Yeah, that's tough. You put in, and so what happens is, is that a lot of those companies start to take out credit. There you go. So, you know, you asked me a question of, up, upstairs and um, you know I said one thing that I would look at that I think is is troublesome is right consumer credit but also corporate credit that is a fact which is I think is running into an issue um, you take a look at these these corporate credit you take a look at even consumer credit we're seeing right now yeah people are like yo Black Friday sales are still up right <laughs> but what was that, like two points <laughs> two two percent right you know but people get jovial about stuff like that but buy now pay later was up seventy eight percent in the past week. So you're seeing a lot of people putting putting stuff, and then you start looking at credit card balance carried month to month at its highest level in 20 years, almost yeah. my whole existence on this earth. So you start looking at that. That gives me signs of, of trouble, right? right. Every, every single crisis that we've seen has came from credit. Yes. 1999, credit issue. 2007, credit right. issue. Even 2019. Yes. 2019, Q4, we hit our highest level from a credit standpoint yep. ever, Yep. right? That's why when COVID came, we ran into an issue again. Now in this past quarter, Q3, we only fell $2 billion shy of that record that was set in 2019. Yep. So we're hitting those, we're hitting those points again where credit is climbing. Yep. Now on the corporate side, can you touch a little bit as, as to what happens on the corporate side when credit starts to become super expensive like it's getting now? It might only get oh, oh but so more expensive, mm -hmm. right? And then you're running out on that, that cash on hand. I'll make it simple for everybody. When the cost of capital gets high, what happens? Affordability goes down. Exactly. And when affordability gets when affordability goes down, what do you think people turn to? Credit. And when credit is at 78% utilization, what happens? What are what does the economy look like? So are we in a recession? Yes. Check me. But back to back to the back to the other part, though, yeah. like because that there's another part to that. Yeah. Like, for example, you saw a lot of companies out there that were, say, for example, taking a lot of loans during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Now, let's look at those companies. Like I said, that's where you got to look at cash on hand. You got to look at their cash balance. You got to look at, hey, are they thriving at a time where it's like, you know, hey, that they still have a product market fit. Right. And don't worry, y'all. It's like, you know, there's some, there's some things coming like where we start teaching a few things. Right. Okay, so if we think about it, if you have a company that like doesn't like their business model is struggling, but yet they borrowed a significant amount of cash, what do you think happens? Go in the water. It's a matter of time, right? Matter of time. It's just a ticking time bomb. Now let's right. let's 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 give you a breakdown of two different companies. Let's give yeah. a tale of two companies. Let's. Uh, can I throw one at you? Go for it. Snapchat. <laughs> you know I'm leaving. <laughs> Snapchat. Okay, so Snapchat has their user base significantly grown. Like, look at the competition that's out there. You got TikTok, you got Instagram, or through the whole meta platform. You also have Twitter. And then on top of that, you have other services now like Be Real, which a lot of the young adults are, or young folks are starting to use. Can't believe it. I'm now at that age where I'm starting to say young folks. Whoa. <laughs> Scratch that. All right. So let's, let's think about it. Snapchat's user growth. Has it grown since 2019? Or has it been sitting stagnant? Okay, so they're sitting stagnant. Now, do you think that their cost of acquisition, their cost of acquiring users is a lot higher now, or is it lower? Higher. 
Okay, so if the cost to acquire users is higher, and yet I'm burning through all this cash to acquire users, and then I take out a loan or I take out corporate debt in order to handle that. And in, in the words of a YouTuber that we know or a TikToker that we know, someone's got some explaining to do. <laughs> but to bring it back, like, you know, because I, I mentioned the part of iteration, right? So we talked about autonomy. Like if you really take into consideration, take the business and take all the pieces of the business and what a company can provide. So like, for example, Tesla has EVs, they have energy storage, they have autonomy. And then what else do they have? Think about it. In Shanghai, it's, it's what, 30 seconds for every Tesla to be made? Yeah. I mean, when there's no zero COVID. But I mean, just think about it. So now you got a manufacturing process that you're now starting to do better than other companies. Did you say 30 seconds? 30 seconds. Like you think about the press as it pertains to them pressing the car and putting it in a unibody form. Name another company that can do that. Not, not at that rate. Not at that rate. So you're saying a lot of good stuff here, but you know, I'm getting some whispers, people looking at me, giving their eyes. They saying, you know, this stock is at 180. So do what do you think price wise? What like because some people are like, hey, it's falling from three three fifteen since the middle of August. Now here down fifty percent in in two months. This sounds good. But is it a heat check only currently? Are we only looking at the heat check currently of what everybody's current sentiment is? Yeah. Versus did Elon get carried away with Twitter too much? That, like I said, heat check. Heat check. <laughs> did yeah. it get too hot in the kitchen with Twitter? Did it get too hot in the kitchen with, say, for example, the cost of capital? Did it get too hot with, as it currently states with China? So let's say, for example, okay, Twitter happens to be a success. Do we still care about Tesla? Yeah, I mean, we, okay. I mean, so then let's say that zero COVID gets lifted. What does that do for Tesla? Uh, it's boosted, boost, boost. Okay. What was the other thing? Um, cost of capital. Cost of capital. So what happens when the cost of capital becomes much lower? Well, that's going to boost the earnings. So then you're going to be sitting here begging me, asking me not to remember when you were whispering about the stock being at 180 <laughs> bucks a share. To the whispers, man. You know, you know my, my phrase. Mind you, it's recorded, so I'm going to find out who was. <laughs> put, put your bread up. That's, that's my number one thing. Put your bread up. Like, honestly, it's like if you truly believe in the thesis of what the company can do, and if you can't, like, honestly, the way I look at it in the sense of right now, I don't see Ford doing what Tesla can do. Yes, Ford has tons of manufacturing, but it's not just about the manufacturing. It's about the infrastructure that supports the whole ecosystem. And I mentioned this earlier in a conversation. Like, a lot of times we get so comfortable with, like, talking about that this company has this moat and everything else. Moats get destroyed when there's a flood. Remember that moats get destroyed when there's a flood. Like, for example, take our beloved Apple stock. What happened to Apple? Apple also got clapped just like everybody else did. Now, did it get clapped as heavy as everybody else? Absolutely. But they also got the most cash on hand. There you go. Like, most there, cash we start, we start to get game. into the weeds, right? Most cash on hand in the game. Cash is king. Cash is king. In this market, yep. cash is king. I'll keep it simple for everybody. When we think about it in a perspective of, and let's remove stock market, right? Let's remove stock market. Let's just take the economy. In an economic situation where everything is good, money is free flowing. You guys all feel good, right? Bills is getting paid, not having to worry about, hey, am I going to penny pinch for this? Hey, I may even make this investment into this arena. Maybe go buy a boat. Don't, do, don't go buy a boat. All right, but then when money gets tight, your feelings start to change. Yeah. You start to like you start looking over from this person to that person, like, 
Like, and you better hope that they don't have any type of like, you know, progress reports or praise reports or anything like that. Hey, I did this. Yo, go, go, go over there. Like, it's just in the sense of sentiment where it's like when, we, when you mentioned it earlier, it's a psychological thing. As things change, then so do we. And I think that's like when you talk about like when I was talking about the media, right? The media plays tricks on people, right? There's a lot of fake news, right, <laughs> that comes out. And, you know, people are always looking at it from the standpoint of, oh, my gosh, it's bad. It's bad. It's bad. But every single time you, you've seen when people are feeling the worst, it's been the baddest or whatever. Yeah. That's been the best opportunity to buy. Of course. You got you want to buy when there's when there's blood in the street, even if it's even if it's your own blood. You know, you've heard that before. It's not even just that. Like, you know, yeah. you guys remember an episode where we talked about like in recessions. Yeah. Some of the most valuable companies are created during those time periods. Yeah. Like, that's where it. you really figure out who's who. Like you always like, I always look at it like this. I feel like sometimes people are scared to have their back against the wall. But I know that people in this room can attest to this. Probably the best version of yourself has came when your back is against the wall. And I know that's true for me. And and the other part to that is look at what we've lived through as a people. Yeah. Like look at the things in which that we've had to like, you know, think about it like. I don't. I can't speak on behalf of everybody else, so I can only speak on behalf of myself. It was really, really tough to go through the George Floyd situation and then have to go and sit there and talk to a bunch of folks who didn't look like me in a venture capital meeting, mm-hmm. and then literally like hearing everybody talking about, "Oh, that was terrible." <laughs> yeah. But it's like the thing is, like we've been through so much. So the reason why I say this is because each and every single one of you have lived through things. You're built for this. You're built for this. You've gone through things in your life. When you start looking back and you start looking at the situations in which that you go through now, it's going to look like a cakewalk versus what you've already lived through. And when you start thinking about that, like think about all like if you can't close your eyes for a second, I'm going to play a magic trick. Not a riddle. Not a riddle. Magician. Magic. I want you to think of the worst moment in your life. The worst moment in your life when you just said, you know what? I can't do this. I think I'm going to just give up. I can't take this anymore. Okay, now open your eyes. It's 2022. The market's down. Now, what you envisioned as it pertains to what you just saw when you had your eyes closed, is 2022 worse than what you've gone through? If it is, raise your hand. Look around. You see my point? So, again, it's like you're built for this. There's nothing extra special about myself. There's nothing extra special about Lawrence or any of the other folks that you may see, nope. there's nothing extra special about us. Just show up and win. Exactly. You That's took the words out of my, oh my God, Spider-Man. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to take a seat. <laughs> you so, got so, it. So, so Mark, one question that I've been asked, right? Yeah. Difference between investing and trading. A lot of people are, are trading, man. Huh. And what's happened is, is like people have fallen yeah, I see Uncle Charles back there. He's shaking his head. You know where I'm about to go with this. Is he gonna bring a? Are we gonna have three generations up here? Yeah, yeah, man. I think, I think, I think, I think we should get the OG up here. Uh oh. I think we should get the OG up He's here. He's like, nah, nah. <laughs> Shout out to Uncle Charles, bro. But um, weekly options. There was recently. Now the options on the spy and the QQQ expire every day. Yep. From a from a new investor standpoint, that seems as if there's a new lottery ticket every day, almost, right? Did any of you win the Powerball? <laughs> no. And we we yeah. heard some laughs over here because we got a couple people in here that, that they part of the weekly option gang, and, and um, I've been trying to t- tell them, man, that's not really the way to go. 
I just want to know, like, you know, when people who trade, like, you know, don't get me wrong. There's folks out there that trade weekly options and it's like, yeah. yo, it depends upon your risk tolerance. Yeah. You know, of course I can give you all the natural spiel. Like, it's just a matter of what your speed is. Yeah. If your speed is like, okay, we're in Atlanta. So mind you, I'm a guest in your, in your backyard. But how many of you guys are literally willing to risk it all and speed past the state trooper at hundred miles per hour on the interstate? How many of you would pull up to a cop and ask them, hey, you want to race? So that's the thing. It's just, it's, just more so, it's just more so in the sense of knowing your speed. If that's not your speed and if your blood pressure is not set up for that, then don't do that. And if you haven't put in the time to work as, as it pertains to technical analysis, I mean, then honestly, yeah. what are you doing? Like some yeah, people I, like it for the thrill and the, hey, if that's what you're about and if you got yeah. money to just say, hey, I'm going to go out there and stimulate the economy. I think it's dangerous where it's like, you know, people are falling in the trap of, like you said, not knowing technical analysis. One part of it is not even that they don't know technical analysis or not willing to. It's also the psychological effect of people feel like I don't have enough money to trade. Right? If you don't what, have enough money to trade, then don't, don't, don't trade. Like, for example, OK, story time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Once upon a time, there was Mark Monroe and he was like eh, this high. And he wanted to get something out of a store. And his grandmother said, do you have this type of money? And young Mark said, no. And she said, well, it ain't happened. So I try to get creative and be like, all right, well, you know, I'm going to load this in my stupid. It was like way bigger. It made my arms bulge like I was like strong. So clearly. You get to check out. There you go. You get to check out. And the person's like, yo, you are really like, that's a buff kid. Oh. Skittles in the pocket and everything. So that, that, but that's the part though. It's like, it's just more so in the sense of like, yo, at that point in time as a little kid, my risk tolerance was just like, look, astronaut. Yeah. But at the same token, you have to think about it, y'all. Like as much as I joke to try to make it, to make light of the situation, know yourself, yeah. know who you are. Don't be an investor it. and then try to like walk into a, a trade, into trades as an investor. Yeah. Or don't be a trader and then try to think about it from a thesis from an investor. We you care can't about do that. Money. It doesn't work that way. Yeah, no, nah, because honestly, man, you know, we care, we care a lot about people's money. And a lot of times, you know, getting those DMs, like it's not the prettiest thing. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, we respect you guys and we appreciate you guys. We just don't want people out here getting decapitated. Yeah, that's my biggest just thing. know yourself, like yeah. know yourself, know your risk. And then on top of that, it's like if you know that you haven't done the necessary technical, like here's the funny thing that I tend to notice about folks when they send me DMs about a one week trade that they did that like literally failed. I ask them, I always ask them, when you got into the trade, how did you feel? I felt excited, but at the same token, I felt scared. Hold up. If you're scared jumping into a trade, then what are you doing? Like if you if you were like and then on top of that the, the other part, part the other part though the anxiety part when you see it go quickly down <laughs> and then you're just like you 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 reach that capitulation where you're just like oh it could come back it could come back it could come back you're speaking to some people's souls in here man hold up man it could come back <laughs> sister pray for me it could come back <laughs> it's coming she said it's coming. And then Friday, one, one o'clock uh, p.m. Uh, Pacific time, four o'clock Eastern time, expired. <laughs> and it didn't come back. The thing is, is like more so in the sense that, yo, study. If you want to be great at anything, like you want to know the interesting thing that I tend to find amongst successful people, they study. Yeah. They study. They study at their craft. 
how did Lawrence get to be this like juggernaut at what he does? He put the yeah. time, he put the work in, he was in the gym. How did I get to where I was? I was in the gym. Did I make mistakes? Did I fail yeah, along the way? Yes, that's a, a part of the process. But yet at the same token, I put the time in. Yeah. If you're not willing to put the time in to like literally become great at your craft, I'm sorry, but you know, the door. You gotta have, a, I feel like you gotta have a love for this. You do. And, I, and, I, and it's just like anything else, but I think sometimes people will look at it just from the money standpoint. I think I look at the money glass. Like I genuinely have a love for this, whether the PL finished red or green, regardless, I'm coming back tomorrow. It's like, what did you, like I, for me personally, me personally, I care more about the lessons. The lessons. And what should I learn yep. from every single trade, from every single investment, from every single failure, from every single success. And even the ones where it's just like, huh? I don't know. You know, I love, I live for just like the part of learning. Like I'm an avid learner where it's like, I don't, yeah, it's like I may feel, you know, a significant loss towards my portfolio, but I know who I am. I know what I'm capable of. I know the type of time that I put in to study my craft and become better at it. Yep. But I mean, I live for the fact that, yo, I learned something about this. I saw something. And then the moment in which that the, the validation came forth that, okay, hey, it rewarded me for what I studied for. No, there's no feeling. Yep. Yeah, I, mean, I think one question as well that I, that I was asked particularly and someone wanted me to ask you this. Okay. Um, bouncing back from 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 the losses that you take. Jesus, really? <laughs> you know, they, I mean, it, you know, they 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 threw it out there. Next Who's, episode, we need to get a couch. Like, yeah, yeah, just get a couch. <laughs> hang out inside Mark's thoughts. Yeah. So the losses, like psychologically, like you you you've taken big hits. I've taken big hits. Yep. I always like to go into my into how did we come out of those because I always know that that's really what people should be learning about. Yeah. Right. How like because everyone can talk about well I made seven hundred percent on this trade or whatever. Right. Yeah. But what happened when you got knocked in your face? I mean, well, I mean, clearly, if you have you not seen my Instagram, <laughs> I mean, I've been knocked on my face. I don't know how many times. I've fallen, I don't know how many times. I've made mistakes where I may have, say, for example, entered into a trade and like completely forgot it because I was like, you know, busy doing something else. It happens. You know, what was going through my mind? Oh, crap. I can't believe it that I did this. The same thing that you guys probably experienced, I experienced those same types of capitulations. But what makes me get better? In every lesson, there's an L. In every lesson that you will learn, there's always an L there. Shout out to my guy, Prentice, for that quote, because I don't want to make sure that I'm, I'm not stealing anybody's quotes. That's, that's his quote, but it, it's, it's dope. Uh, but the reason why I say that is because of the fact that nobody bats a thousand in this game. Yeah. If somebody's batting perfect in this game, look, you must be Jesus. You walk on water and I can't do that. So, <laughs> yeah. but you know, it, in, in reality, it's like, it comes a part of the process. Like, for example, how many startups did I start and have failed? How many investment meetings did I walk into with investors only for them to tell me no? I can tell you, 37. And then finally, number 38 was a yes. And that was the very final yes that I ever needed. But if I, like, it's easy to like, okay, the one thing that we always get so caught up into, we always get so caught up into the fact that, oh, well, you know, the finish line, they made it here. But y'all, y'all don't see all this other stuff that transpired that ultimately made them get to that point so that way they can get to here. And that's the part in which that each and every single one of you have to go through that journey. It's going to like, you're going to come out with scars, just like if you, if I pulled up my, 
my pants, you would see scars. But at the same token, having those scars, me gaining those scars helped me be able to jump a 6'10 in the high jump, run a 49 in the 400. You know, also never, thank God, never broke a bone, but definitely sprained some ankles. It's a part of the process. But again, it always is going to come down to know yourself. Like the one, like how many of you have ever stood in the mirror and tried to tell yourself a lie? Oh, so, okay. So that's, that's, that's just, all right. And how many of you have ever tried to tell yourself a lie and you couldn't do it? That's the part where it's like, you must know yourself. When you know yourself, you ain't going to lie to yourself. You ain't going to try to be something that you're not or try to like, you know, literally will yourself. Like, and the other part is you can't will the market to the way that you want it to be. Not mother nature. You're not. So, you know, so again, it's like, you know, the only thing that you can do is take what the market is willing to give you and accept it and work through it. Speaking of, of, of market, what's, what's a big prediction that you have for 2023? Oh, man. See, you guys see that? Yeah, like, this is what people want, man. That was They're a like, cold setup. <laughs> that was a cold setup. I mean, I'm All right, is it that. very specific? Is it S&P 500? So, that, so, so, so give us some um, names that you could potentially be high on and, or sectors. <laughs> uh, okay. I am bullish moving forward on the chip sector. Okay. If, if 2022 like, taught you anything, you know, think about how the chip sector made a lot of other industries come to a standstill. Now we see these things when we go through economic cycles, right? You know, what happened? Simple, like, I think we, we talked about this on the episode of the Come Up series where I said, when supply is high, what happens to demand? It wanes. Okay. And what happens to price? What happened to PC sales this year? Okay. When supply is low, what happens to demand? Oh, you give me the hands on too. I want to see price your hands. Like, yo. So demand is high. Yep. All right, what happens to price? Okay, think about it. So we had an oversupply of chips this year. That was literally a continuation on from the pandemic. Yep. The market said, okay, you're going to take your medicine. Yep. The chip sector took their medicine. Now remember the SMH yep. ETF SOXL. was trading at what? 160, 170? Dropped to 170. Who got their app on right now? Tell me where SMH is. Probably somewhere near 215. Whoa, 215. Probably somewhere near 215. So what does that tell you? Markets, sectors, they recover. Now, some of them, they're not going to recover as fast. Yep. But the one sector that I'm definitely bullish on is the chip sector. I think that we're in the midst of a proliferation where we're going to see a significant inflow of, say, for example, innovations that are going to definitely need chips. Of course, I think the overhang as it pertains to the China yeah. Uh, issues as it pertains to them being able to utilize some of that tech. I think that definitely gives me a reason for somewhat of a pause. But when I look at it overall, over a time horizon, I'm very much so still bullish on the chip sector. You had a question. Uh, we have um, things going on in China where they're making the chips now. So how do you think the flow of the chips is going to continue with all the controversies that we have in China? Good question. So think about it like this. And it's perfect because if chips can't be made, right? Now, what did I just say? When supply goes low, what happens to demand? It goes high. And when demand goes high, Earnings. price goes up. So if you have a bottleneck that's taking place, just like what we expected, I could have sworn we saw this, this is a rerun. Like we're in 2020, we just saw that the, now that was a massive chip supply shortage because of the fact of the pandemic. So we're not going to, I don't think that we're going to experience anything like that. No, 
But in some cases, we're experiencing a deflationary environment. We went from inflation, and then we went from an inflation, and sometimes you experience stagflation, and then you go into deflation. When deflation happens, prices come down, right? But then after that, I'll get to you. And then after that, we get to a, we get to a space in which that, all right, well, chips are going to have to be made. We see that there's significant investments being made outside of China. Look at Vietnam, look at Singapore, look at yeah. India. You know, those are places like China to a certain degree has started to get a little bit expensive. As its economy has started to develop, you think that people are still getting paid those prices? What do you think that their what do you think their wages cost? Has it gone up or is it state or has it gone lower? Okay. Now let's take let's move it over to a place like India or Vietnam. Is the cost of labor cheaper? Or is it so again, you said like these companies are smart. Like when you think about like yeah, Apple may not be innovating as much as they used to under the Steve Jobs regime, and that's okay. But the one thing that they definitely do better than anybody else is what? Supply chain and logistics. So if you have a company like Apple that's saying, hey, we're going to look towards other spaces, other arenas in which that we can utilize and turn on those green lights, then now it's like you've diversified your entire portfolio as it pertains to where those chips can be made, which ultimately allows you to still control as it pertains to price. You got a question? Is that Marta? I, I was joking. I was just come on, y'all. <laughs> Give me a little credit. <laughs> Go ahead. So once upon a time, AMD was had like literally put together a company called Global Foundries and where they were doing their own fabrication, their own process as it pertains to chips. Now, of course, that got expensive. It's one of them, but like think about it more like the TSMs of the world, the TSMs, the Samsungs, the SMI, the SMICs. Uh, those types of places where they literally create the way for technology, they, and th that's a whole other issue when we start thinking about water and water shortages. But if you think about it, that's the place where they're designed. This is where they're also put together and fabricated. So Foxconn is one of the players, but they're not the major player. Foxconn is just the place where a lot of times they're assembled. And no, I'm say, is that comparable to like the yes, okay, yes, 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 yes. So what he's asking is, is like, you know, when we think about it, does AMD and NVIDIA go through foundries where they don't create their own chips? Yes. There's only one company out there that literally creates its own chips. Do you guys know who it is? Huh? No. Huh? There you go. Intel. Intel has its own foundry where they can literally produce their own chips. Now. <laughs> Someone says. <laughs> I'm just going to say that Pat's got a little bit of work to do, but I think that there's still a possibility. And the reason why I say that I'm not going to completely count out at Intel is because of the fact that this, any space that you're in, it needs competition. When there's no competition, the, the sector gets stagnant. And when the stagnant, when the, when that sector gets stagnant, it fails. So we need Intel to literally, you know, get their stuff together. And, you know, we're going to be really watching as it pertains to that $20 billion investment that they're making uh, here in the U.S. to see exactly how does that impact as it pertains to their bottom line of the cost to build and, you know, that process. Yeah. So uh, last question, because I know we got to wrap soon. Um, but the Fed, right? Um, 
What's your take on, on, on pivot points? I still got a little bit of time. Still got a little bit? Okay. Yeah. So we'll take some questions from the audience. This is my last question to you. Um, the Fed. Yeah. Where do you see interest rates going by March of 2023? So I say that we're probably going to reach about a four and a half, four and a half, five. five. Do you think now? I'm not in the camp of five and a half. You're not in a camp of five and a half. Nah. So you don't think the Fed gets that high at all? No, I think that they're going to like literally when they look at 5%, I think that 5% is going to be a solid look. And then they're going to say, okay, hey, well, what is it that we have here? If the data is already starting to show that inflation is starting to roll over in specific areas, because like I said, whenever you raise an interest rate point, then it takes time for that to literally flow through the system. So it's not going to be like, okay, hey, I just raise interest rates and then boom. It's like, all right, immediate impact. Now, in certain cases, we do see immediate impacts, like, for example, a credit market. But outside of that, it takes time. Like, look at, okay, can, can can I sit next to you? Y'all. How long till we actually got the data from the housing market to come down? It took about at least about four to six months. Exactly. So if we have a four to six month period as it pertains to housing starting to show that the data is coming down, and we've just done four rate hikes at 75 basis points alone, not even including the 50 basis point move that we did earlier in the year. So at what point in time do we say, okay, we need to do a somewhat of a heat check to see exactly, okay, did we just make this way too hot? Yeah. So, and hence the reason why, you, how many of you guys read the most re- recent meeting notes from the Fed? Fed minutes. We heard, we, I heard one person. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> in the most recent Fed meeting it was notes, turkey. <laughs> they literally said, we will not, they won't be doing any pausing of interest rate hikes, but they will probably be slowing down as it pertains to the aggressiveness. So, yeah. which means that they, you could possibly see, instead of a 75 basis point move in mid-December, you'll probably see, say, for example, a 50 basis point move. And now we start to come down from that incline because at this point in time, we no longer need to do significant rate hikes anymore. Yeah. Of course, things can change. So, like, for example, it's like, all right, Inflation is like literally running hot. Like we get back up to 9%, then, oh, just burn it all. (laughs) Go ahead. Yep. Here's the thing. So remember when we had Chuck on the show, the guy from the St. Louis Fed? So he came onto the show and he talked and he gave you guys some serious nuggets as it pertains to how the Fed actually operates. So before that, they have a blackout period. So what does that tell you? They already know. So if you are, if you ever go back and look at some of the data points as what we see from CPI or any of the economic reads, you'll probably see something that says embargo date. You'll see an embargo date, which means uh, like how many of you guys watch tech reviewers on YouTube and they get tech products, right? Early on, like it's always funny when you hear about MKBHD talking about, I've been using this for about two weeks now and the product just released today. That just lets you know that there was an embargo on the data that they could not speak on before a specific date. Now, after this date, now we can just talk till our faces turn blue. And what typically happens? Oh, man, you got everybody from the Fed coming out of the woodwork now. And now I can speak. Now I can have this meeting. We got Mueller. We got Williams. We got Mester. We got Daly. Everyone. Bostic. Oh. Mm. (laughs) He he might tune his trading account before he speaks, though. There you go. (laughs) So... The thing is, is like, you know, there's a point in which that you have to look at it in the sense that the data is already there. They already know it. So which means that if the CPI number comes out, we're just we're just living out their reruns because they've already had the data. Yeah. 
It's not like it's just going to be like, okay, hey, there's some magical computer that's literally taking in all this information. And on this specific day, the Fed finds out. No, the Fed already knows. They already know. And how do you know? There's this thing called the beige book that they normally release where they give you some wonderful nuggets as it pertains to information. And it's free for you. Oh, definitely. So I appreciate it. Um, we got a couple of people that probably got some questions in here. All right. We'll take three questions. We want three solid questions. So we'll get a she queen had, first. A question. Go ahead. I didn't see. I knew it. See? <laughs> All right. So let's go through it. So I'll I'll answer the Tesla side, and I'll go to I'll go to Google. All right. So when I look at Tesla, I look at their iteration as let's say a four or five. Reason being is because what happens when autonomy starts to pick up? What happens when more when more countries, more states need energy storage? I mean, think about it. Like, if you really think that like Tesla is only doing specific states as it pertains to energy storage, then you're only fooling yourself. It's only a matter of time till till Atlanta starts to use it, and then you'll start noticing the differentiation within your electricity bills, <laughs> the amount of electricity that it uses as it pertains to commercial spaces. That's yeah. all energy storage. It subsidizes, and then pretty soon you start to wean off of the system where you no longer need it anymore. Yeah. So that's the reason why I give it a five because I'm also thinking about it in the sense that the semi truck is not a consumer based product. That's an enterprise product. Now, what are the things that we what are the things that we love about enterprise products versus consumer focused products? We love the fact that they're more lucrative. The margins are better. better. So if we're looking at a vehicle that costs two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, you haven't even taken into consideration the infrastructure that surrounds it. Yeah. So that's not just two hundred fifty thousand dollars of just instant revenue. That's just the sale of the vehicle. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, here's a little secret for those of you guys that don't know. Have you ever had a service provider do your work for you and they charge you 50 percent up front and 50 percent at the end? Here's a funny fact. The 50% that you paid was the actual price of the actual service. The 50% is what you're just paying as it pertains to extra. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, you know, truth, you know, I, was it just blobbles out. Parts. All right, so let's look at Google. Everybody looks at Google as it pertains to its advertisement model, right? Okay, there's other services that Google has. Google Cloud. Google Cloud can mature. So where are we at in the iteration cycle of Google Cloud? If you believe that we're only at 25% as it pertains to global penetration of cloud services, and let's say there's Microsoft, there's Amazon, there's Google. You can, you can include Oracle if you want to, but I mean, so let's think about that. If you think about the cloud service only being 25% of the entire market penetration, and there's still, let's say 75% of more market penetration, how much of that is Google's pie? And then on top of that, if we think about like how much of that is Google's pie, then what else do they build from that? Like what's making Microsoft so successful? Because they're using AI to learn exactly what you do in the cloud services to build services on top of that. Google's going to do the same thing, just like AWS. So again, what do I rate that? I'll probably say that we're at a four. So then if we look at, say, for example, autonomy, just like yep. you said, now remember what y'all said about, now see, this is what happens when you throw rocks in a glass house. So remember what you guys said about autonomy when we talked about Tesla as it pertains to it being a one, okay. Go ahead. What do you say as it pertains to autonomy when it comes to Google's Waymo? I'm gonna do my famous Shane and Sharp. Skip. <laughs> All right. So if we think that that's about the same number, that's a good thing because that's an opportunity for them down the road. They could be the robo taxi. We don't know. We don't know what else that they have. Like, let's also look at their 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 Tencent core chips that they're designing and fabricating on their own, which is also building quantum computing, which still light years ahead from there. But think about all the things that it solves. Think about GPT-3, where it's natural language processing, who dominate, like, how many of you guys type through your Gmail, where you're sending an email to somebody in Gmail, and it starts to type the message for you? Yeah. 
That's natural language processing through machine learning. And we're just at its infancy. What happens when, say, for example, you go to your LinkedIn and it tells you this is how you should communicate to this person based upon, say, for example, profile. Hey, this person this is like you really wronged this person. This is how they respond to, say, for example, apologies. And then what if all of a sudden it starts writing it for you? What if all of a sudden you start using GPT-3 technology to also, let's say, it designs the resume for you based upon the job description that's already there? See, we still got a long way to go. But the thing is, is that we only get so caught up into the current inning. But like, look, y'all, like if you've ever sat back and watched baseball and not fallen asleep, that's a lot of innings. Baseball, like watching paint dry. It's, it's, it's for real. But the thing is, though, you sit back and watch paint dry and then watch your values and your home values go up. Yep. See, that, like that's the type of psychology that I want you guys to think about. Don't live in the now because the now is going to be in a sense where everybody is probably going to make tons of mistakes. Like, understand this. You are going to make a crap load of mistakes on your road to greatness. And these, gonna, these, these mistakes that you make are going to be remembrances of what made you better. But if you decided to quit today based upon the mistakes that you made, then that's the failure. You fail when you decide to quit. You fail when you decide not to act or when you decide not to do anything, period. Like think about it. How many of you guys have had great ideas and you never built them? And then you found out that somebody else built the idea and then they raised $50 million and it's at this valuation. You're like, oh my gosh, why didn't I just build it? That right there is failure. Or like, for example, something that you knew that you should have done, you should have spent the time to study, whatever it was, and you didn't, you went out to go party or whatever it was, or you went to go hang out with friends or stay too long on TikTok or Instagram reels or go watch some type of reality show that absolutely brought nothing, no equitable value to your life at all. And then next thing you know, you had this great idea or you had this great moment that you could have been sitting there studying and executing. And then you make that trade based upon what you saw in Real Housewives. <laughs> that weekly trade just blew up in your face. I'm just saying like, you know, op, like the way that I see my life, every decision, every person, every business is an investment to me. My relationship with my wife is the greatest investment that I've ever made. Big facts. Shout out to you, babe. <laughs> Greatest investment that I've ever made, but I've also made some solid investments also. Like for example, think about where we are today. This gentleman who's smarter, younger, hungrier, there you go. has all of his hair. <laughs> I mean, the future is bright and it's an honor because of the fact that we had the, like imagine, imagine where we would be if there was no come up series. Sometimes I wake up and think about that. Where will we be if JoLynn had not posted on her Facebook and I had never called her from, or, you know, hey, like, why am I blowing up right now? Like, what did you say? <laughs> and then it's like, we do the types of things that we do. Imagine where we would be right now. Where would you be? Imagine if this guy said, you know what? Eh, I'm gonna just go out there and, you know, just be me and just like consistently keep doing what I'm doing and not sharing exactly what is it that I know. Will we be here today? Would you know the type of information that you know? Like think about like think about the journey as it pertains to the and I'm gonna tie it all in together, I promise. Think about the think about the road that you've literally gone through over the past, let's say, two years, three years. Now ask yourself, what would be the price target? What would be the price tag that you would put on that? Like think about it, like the experiences, the people that you met, 
the knowledge that you gained, all the notes that you've learned, all the notes that you took. Hell, even the trades that you took, some of the ones that were successful, some of the ones that weren't so successful. I mean, put a price target on it. Can you? Where would you be? Would you still be at home watching Housewives or watching NBA? Would you be, say, for example, just, you know, stroking the streets, going to the club and like literally dropping $10 on like on every single drink when in reality you could just buy the bottle for 38? You know, it's, it's, you know, where would you be as it pertains if you didn't know about economics, the rate hikes, GDP, recession, inflation? These are we got to start having in our community. We got to normalize this, right? Normalize. These are normal things. Like, these are things that should be normalized in our community. Like, we shouldn't think that the, like, we should know who the Federal Reserve chairman instead of who's leading in the top billboard 100. We should be able to recite interest rate hikes instead of being able to recite rap lyrics. Right. We should be able to recite. We should know how much money is on hand for the companies that you're invested in and not what car your real housewife just got. All right. These are the things. So it's the same practice and principles that you take. You know everything about what happened and went down. You could tell me uh, uh, you can have an eyewitness on the ground that can give you. Hey, tell me what happened. But you should go into ahead and take a look at that research. Figure out what's happening in these factories. All right. Go ahead and take a look at things like that. Ooh, go ahead. have they gone to go check out the stores? How many of you guys went out Black Friday shopping? Yeah. Okay. Why so, not? So no one went out. So nobody went out and did any type of research as it pertains to products and everything else. How many people on the went store, shopping no nothing. on the market on Black Friday? Any shoppers on the market? Black I mean, Friday. like, think about this. Think about it like this. How do you guys think that Dan Ives knows so much? Shout out to Dan Ives. And what did they say? What do you think is the highest margin of the of those two devices? The pro. The pro model is the highest margin. So what does that look like? Okay, let's yeah. Today I got time, cuz. <laughs> All right. Sure. So so let's do this. I told you we'll save it for later. We're gonna save it for later. Now later is now. Okay. All right, so let's think about it. Let's like look, we wanna have a real conversation. Let's have a real conversation, shall we? iPhone really cares more so about the Pro models. Why? Because it's the highest margin item. Just like iPad Pro, higher margin item. What does it do for as it pertains to the lower tier models? Hey, you'll buy that product, but then at the same token, you'll just spend a crap load of money that will make back up as it pertains to services revenue. So you'll spend the money in iCloud, Apple One, and all these other services, which are, don't get me wrong, Apple is dope. But at the same token, it's like, hey, I'm going to find a way to monetize off of you. And if you think about it, if you look at, if you go back and look at your bill, as it pertains to what you paid over Apple services over the last three to four years, that's like the equivalent of a person hanging on to an iPhone for X amount of time, right? Yeah. So if you really think about it, look at the margin. Yeah. Look at the margin. Like, so does Apple really care about the iPhone 14? Absolutely not, because it's just going to be an entry-level model for those in whom which that want to be either frugal or cheap or whatever it is that you want to call them. They're just making an economic decision that's best for them. They're making that decision, and it's like, honestly, it's just going to be a yet again revenue for Apple. Now, will they come in light for some of those earnings? Yes. So, but yet at the same token, people still bought it. And then when those pro models come available, right, how long do they stay on the shelves? No. Oh, when the next MacBook comes out. Okay, if you really think about the cost that it took to actually make the iPhone. Like, okay, let's have this conversation. So let's say that I have an iPhone Pro model for $1,000 and I have a Samsung model over here for $1,000. Who makes more money? Okay, why? It's not even just the accessories. I'm just talking about purely just the phone. 
it's cheaper to make the iPhone because of the fact that they own everything that they, that's built into the so iPhone. It's a proprietary product. The they're not outsourcing or anything. And if they do, they have contractors, like significant contract, contracts that they lock other manufacturers in, which think about it. TSM was like, hey, Apple, can you raise the price? And Apple said, <laughs> a contract is a contract, honor it. But then when you think about like, say for example, every single Android device that's made, think about all the people that they have to pay for every single one of those phones. So Microsoft is still collecting off of every single Android device that's sold. You know that beautiful thing that we like to call patents? Yeah, it still is alive and kicking. Yeah. So when you think about exactly what is it that they make, when you think about like exactly like, okay, hey, is this board set up there? Yo, if you ever ask yourself, is the board set up there? Then you already know the answer. But if, just in case, if you need a reminder, it's not fair. You have a company that's running circles against everybody else. How do we know this? Name another Android device outside of Samsung or OnePlus. Now, here's the funny thing. Five years ago, five years ago, how many Android makers were out there? A bunch. More than what I can name. LG. LG was a name. L Not LG anymore. Touch. HTC was a name. Not anymore. Yep. Huawei is there, but then ultimately they had to switch it over and build their own OS because they got banned, right? So they were predicated off of Google. See? Remember that. You have to pay Google. So again, when you think about like, is the board set up correctly? It depends upon how you look at it. It really depends upon how you look at it. But how do we know these things? I challenge each and every single one of you, go study. You know, a good, a good book says, study to show thyself approved. When you study, when you put the time in and everything else, you're ready to show up. You're ready to live with whatever the results are. You can handle it. When you haven't studied, you are nervous. How many of you guys have never studied for a test and then when you got there and you realized that it was test day? Pop quiz. They realize. They like, they start, they start, chest start beating. Yeah, it's like, yo, like, oh man, did you, did you know it was going to be on the test today? <laughs> I know you knew. You knew it was going to be on the test today, right? Oh man. So again, it's like study, study. This information is public. It's available to you. Oh yeah, by the, oh, by the way, another company that I'm bullish on. You ready for it? All right. Stripe. Stripe, okay. <laughs> Stripe. So I think that Stripe so, will literally take out so what, Square. So what about Square? Yeah. I think that Stripe will take out Square. Stripe will take out Square. Yeah. That's a hot take. I, you know, I look, I look. That's a hot take because we got some people that think Square is like new JP Morgan. But I don't speculate on, I don't speculate. I speak spoilers. Okay. Spoilers. Okay. Uh oh. Okay. 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 All right. So okay. let's, let's speak a spoiler. Wait, okay. how am I doing on time over there? How am I doing on time? We good? Okay, yeah, so I got to wrap it up. Yeah. All right, so check it out. Now, I'll try to be as unbiased as I can as a person who has invested in Stripe. Why? Does Square involve itself with any startups? Who controls the market as it pertains to every single app that's in your phone that requires payment purchase? Nope, Stripe. Stripe. They run through Stripe's platform, so that way, essentially, it works with, it talks to Apple Pay, it talks to Google Pay, and it also talks to your card system. Yeah. That's Stripe. Who also has, based upon all that data, say, for example, customers and businesses now, they can literally turn that into a bank. They could turn that into, say, for example, a lending program. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. They're doing that now. Who squandered a bunch of money to literally go into the crypto space and ultimately, I'm sorry, that... Was that a, was that a tough subject there? You know what? I'll step back off of that one. <laughs> That's like a landmine right there that I don't want to touch. All I'm saying is that essentially when we think about what's at hand, what's in front of us, you know, when you think about it, I think that ultimately Stripe will ultimately, if they want to, they can literally step in and take Square. Mm. 
Square has a dope POS system, backend services. It's not that hard to make that. There's tons of great companies out there. Has anybody ever heard of a company called NCR, Uncle Charles? Have they? Okay. Man, he, he keep the gems, man. You got to watch Uncle Charles' IG story. Yeah, you do. So, like, if you think about it, there's a ton of other payment services out there. You know, you guys see, we've seen this. We've seen this before, right? And if we really want to get, if we really want to take it there, I will sit right here and let somebody explain to me what happens to PayPal once when uh, eBay gave them the boot. Nobody? Nobody? PayPal got clapped. So they're like, think about it. They're looking for another partner. Mm -hmm. So that way, essentially, they can be tied to. But the problem is that the market has become so saturated with other payment services that you can't keep up. Now, of course, don't get me wrong. Square has some good things like, for example, Cash App. All right, dope. It's actually become a lexicon. Peer-to-peer services. But what's the stop stripe from doing that? You get they paid, step into that space. You get you get paid for a service, and then ultimately they immediately pay you, and you can either that either use that to pay your rent or whatever it is. Who has the most upside? Remember what sure. we talked about as it pertains to iteration cycle. Where are we when it comes to peer to peer payments? Is are we at a one or are we at a ten? Really? I probably I probably say about about four. Mm, I'd say probably seven. I'll be I'll be honest. It's a little higher. I'll okay. say seven. Four. Okay. Where are we at as it pertains to POS systems? POS systems. Yeah. Point of sale. Probably eight, nine. Dang, y'all, it's getting tough out here, man. All right, where are we at as it pertains to like, okay, me buying stock and buying crypto? Are we at a one or are we at a ten? As it pertains to the platforms that you can, are they are they built strong enough? Are they built enough for you? Stocks ten. Are we oversaturated there? Yeah. I mean, once upon a time there was a company called FTX. So if you think about it, okay, so I'm hearing a lot of high numbers. So when we think about the iteration cycle as it pertains to where we are. Tell me, where is the growth for Square? And on that note, I'm Mark Monroe. I yield my time. <laughs> Y'all, man, so I want to say, I want to give ATL a special shout out for showing up and showing out. This brother took a, a flight from the West Coast, taking another flight back to the West Coast, but he came here literally right after Thanksgiving just to deliver that value. We thank each and every one of you guys for showing up. Some of the people that traveled 10, 12 hours, Mark was like, man, people drove 10 hours? I'm like, yeah, man. You know, they wanted to come in person and really get this experience. So definitely want to give a special shout out to each and every one of you. This show will take place every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time. So tap in with us next week live here on the Come Up Series YouTube channel. We want to thank each and every one of you. And uh, we'll get some photos, get some pics. And man, shout out to you guys. Nova, you know what it is, man. Welcome to the family. Yeah. 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 Yeah.